right. Today on the podcast, we have Chris Ward of uh, KKWK 100.1. Uh, and so he is going to uh, talk with uh, me today about the GRC 11 man. Uh, Chris, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what you do. Well, I'm the uh, the sports director over here at the KKWK, KMRN in Cameron. So uh, I've spent the last uh, just about 18 years now uh, working with the, the schools in northwest Missouri. I do all of our play by play for uh, the game of the week um, and then um, pretty much all the basketball coverage and uh, baseball, softball, et cetera. So I've been around for a while watching a lot of these uh, these guys. And, uh, yeah, I've been uh, covering GRC football for the better part of two decades now. Great. Well, thanks. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, we had the coaches poll uh, out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we asked every one of the coaches within the uh, GRC 11 man who they thought uh, would be the top teams down to the bottom team. They couldn't vote for their own team, but so we basically had them rank one through seven. Uh, and then I compiled all of those together, and we ended up with a, uh, a ranking one through eight uh, for the coaches. Uh, the rankings where Gallatin uh, ended up number one was unanimous. Everybody, uh, every one of the other coaches voted for them, uh, followed by Trenton. They got the one, other one first-place vote, obviously, from Gallatin. And then it was Milan, three. Polo and South Harrison were four. Maysville uh, was six. Putnam County, seven. And then Princeton, eight. So we're going to go through reverse order. We're going to talk about Princeton first, and we're going to go up the line and talk about the other teams. Uh, and so, Chris, uh, first we'll start with Princeton. Uh, Princeton, they had won back-to-back championships in the GRC uh, prior to, to last year, but they graduated uh, 10 all-conference players in 2020. And last year was a difficult year for them. They did not win a game. Uh, and they are still very young. They don't have a lot of numbers this year. Um, Coach Powell, I know when he talked to me and when he talked to you both, he, he said he, he did a lot of things that he, he didn't think was successful last year. Uh, he's going to try to uh, have to control the tempo a little bit more this year and be more patient this year. Um, tell me a little bit about what you think uh, Prince is going to do this year. Yeah, again, and just like like you said, they're they're going to be young again this year. In addition to what the that big class of 2020, they graduated another five last year. Uh, just three seniors coming back on this team, so very very young. Uh, the good news of that is, is a lot of those guys got forced into service last year, maybe ahead of when they're ready. So they do have some experience at the varsity level. And, and like you just mentioned, Coach Powell uh, puts a lot of the blame on himself for for some of the things they did. Now I know that some of that's just coach speak, uh, but he is making some changes. He's trying to simplify things, and I think even more on the defensive side. Uh, it kind of sounds like that's where he wants to simplify things. Uh, I think of the term kiss, keep it simple, stupid. He wants to, right. to simplify this and let his players kind of fly around and just play football, not be out there thinking. And I think when you're dealing with young guys, that's probably a, a good way to do it. Uh, again, while they're young, they don't have huge numbers. They do have some talent. The, that Rhodes kid at running back is, is good. They do have, while maybe not as big as some of the other teams in the conference, do have a few pretty good pieces uh, in the trenches. But I, I think this is going to be a, a long year, a growing year for Princeton. I don't necessarily think they get the the doors blown off of them week in and week out, kind of like they did last year. I think they make more competitive games, but I think it's probably going to be a long year. It's just a war of attrition when you don't have the depth, you don't have the numbers to compete with your Gallatins, your Trentons, your Milans of the world. It's, it's just going to make for a long season. Right. So, so next on there, the next four teams in the conference, uh, I was thinking about this yesterday. They're really close. When we look at the coaches' polls, um, Polo, South Harrison, Maysville, and Putnam County, all four of them were really close. They were kind of mixed between the coaches. Some of them uh, voted them higher and lower. There was only five points separating, 
separating those. So Putnam County is seventh, but I think those any of those teams could go anywhere from four to seven. Uh, so Putnam County, they have a new coach. Adam Hughes is coming in from Marshall. Uh, they finished last year three and seven, uh, two and five in the GRC. They did lose uh, Elijah Jones as their only departing senior, so they have a lot of returnees. They even have a couple of new players coming in, Mason Robinson, who transferred from Princeton, uh, the coach's son, Colin, who is, came with him from Marshall. Um, coach Hughes told me he was excited about the kids. Uh, you know, they, they're having to learn new systems, but they're buying into it. Uh, but uh, they have some returning players, too, this year. That, so uh, he's really looking, looking for a, a strong team this year. Uh, what do you know about Putnam County? I say that's one of the the teams the eleven minutes that I don't get to cover quite as much. But as you mentioned, mm-hmm. there the new coach comes from Marshall. Pretty good program down that way. They played a pretty good schedule. I don't know that they necessarily had a huge amount of success, uh, but again, played a lot of really good teams down there in the West Central and you know the Warrensburgs and the, play Chillicothe every year. So they were playing quality competition. So I don't know that you can gauge a good coach necessarily on, on record there. Uh, it'll be a question of how fast these guys pick up that system. It looked to me, uh, from what I know of Putnam County and in, in my limited scene of them, they've got good skill players. They've got a good running back back uh, that you mentioned, uh, the tight end, the, the coach's kid moving in. They also had a returning tight end, so they got some skill up there. I, I think it's just a matter of how fast they buy in, and then do you get a couple lucky bounces? Like you were talking about there, there's really four or five teams in this conference that are all kind of equal, so do you get the lucky bounces? Mm-hmm. Maybe you win four or five games instead of only two or three games. Uh, sometimes you make your own luck, but it, it, again, I think it just kind of depends on how these kids have bought into that new system, which I, again, I don't know Coach Hughes very well at all. I know of him from his time at Marshall, it, it's uh, it's a difficult um, thing to do to have a new coach come in uh, like that, especially in a tough conference like this. But I think it's the, Putnam's got a great tradition. They've always got good athletes, even if they're a little younger. If they, they buy into the system like he's talking about and can get that down pat, they've got just as good a chance as any of those South Harrison's, Polos, Maysville's of the world to, to win four or five games. Right, and you're talking about some of the skill positions. Blaine Perkins was the first team all-conference at running back. Um, and uh, Jake Rouse was a second-team all-conference defensive back, uh, and then uh, Chase Simmons was a second-team all-conference linebacker. So they do have some skilled positions returning this year. Um, so next, uh, number six was Maysville, but as I said, they were very close. Maysville, I know you did talk with uh, Coach McMillan. Um, they went three and seven, two and five also in the conference, but they were very competitive last year. Uh, I, I looked at their scores, and in total, they were only outscored by 18 total points this season. So that's an average of under two points a game. Uh, they only had uh, they had two losses by one score and three by other scores, and and almost every game they were in in the fourth quarter. Um, they do lose some uh, key players, especially uh, Jacob Jacob Busey and Logan Kimbrell are the are probably their big losses. But they do have some good returning players this year. Yeah, they absolutely do. The Plyley kid, uh, the Sabatka kid, uh, and, and I think maybe one of the best things about them is uh, their ability. They've got a lot of bodies up front, uh, both offense, defensive line, offensive line. Obviously, you kind of get upset and kind of let those guys do, but uh, you can start rotating some people in. They, I believe a coach listed like seven, eight different kids that he's lo- looking at, at playing defensive line, the Watkins, the Evans, uh, Willis, Wade, et cetera. He's got a lot of those kids up there, and that'll be uh, helpful for them. Uh, the numbers are up in Maysville. they got 10 seniors on this team. I believe he said over 40 
many kids on the team, so the excitement's kind of up there. Uh, again, you got that depth up front. You got some pretty good skill guys behind them. I think Maysville. I, obviously, I'm not a coach. Those guys know it better. But Maysville is my pick of those teams to maybe sneak up to the upper half. I think this is a team, as you talked about, they were in a lot of very close games last year. I think it was three of them that were within a score, and, and four others that were within just a couple points. Even, uh, I mean, that's a you're right on the cusp at that point. You get a couple bounces your way. You've got that much experience with 10 seniors. You kind of force those balls to bounce your way a little bit. I think Maysville is one of those teams that can find themselves into the top half of this conference if if they can uh, kind of put it all together. I think now Coach McMillan's been there for a couple years and was there as an assistant before that. You've got that familiarity. I just I, I think I, I have that feeling for some reason that this is a year that Maysville can kind of take take a step forward. Yeah, we often see these teams that they get very close one year. They just can't seem to get over the hump with some of their games. And then a year later, sometimes it's two years later, but they just seem to put it all together. And we've seen that happen a lot with teams. And we'll, we'll, we'll wonder if Maysville is that team this year. Yeah, and I'll find out early. I've got them on week one against Plattsburgh, which I think is a, is a very winnable game for them. And success breeds success. It's a cliche, but it's that way for a reason. You get a win, you start to get that momentum rolling, you start to believe good things can happen. Right. So South Harrison, uh, they had some uh, good games last year. They finished five and two. They were right in the thick things in the GRC, finished overall six and five. Uh, really, it was a two-point loss to Gallatin in their opening conference game, which was the only thing between them and a conference title last year. Uh, but they do have several key players to replace. Braden Sperling uh, was really their leader last year. He was the uh, Played um, Mike linebacker for all four years. He was all state junior and senior year. Um, they also have to replace uh, Parker Chamberlain at uh, all conference at running back last year. Uh, Chance Corbett, who was all first team all wide receiver, a first team all conference at wide receiver. But they do have uh, Jad Cornett, who is returning uh, at quarterback this year. Uh, Grant Williams returning at running back. So they do have some good uh, returning players this year. Um, you know, I think they they have a good team. I it's someone who someone who I expect to be probably very similar to last year. Yeah, that's kind of how where I'm at. And, and you mentioned there the Cornette kid at quarterback, the Williams kid at running back. That's a great place to start. Uh, South Harrison, for whatever reason, just grows linemen like they're on trees uh, every year, even when they're young. They've got good linemen. They may be kind of not quite good enough, uh, but they'll they'll get there. Um, I, and I, I trust in Chris Schoening. That guy's been here. He's done it. Um, I think that he's he's got a track record of kind of whipping these guys into shape. I think they're probably about where they belong in the poll there of, you know, that four, five, six kind of slots. I think they're going to beat the teams they should. They're going to give scares to the teams maybe they quote-unquote shouldn't beat. Uh, I think they're, yeah, kind of looking at a, a year kind of like they had last year. Right. So um, next is Polo. They tied with South Harrison in the coaches poll, number four. Uh, so Polo is another interesting team. Polo is a team that beat Gallatin last year. There was Gallatin's only conference loss, uh, but they will not blow you out, but they won't be blown out. I mean, every single game they have is a close game and, and probably for coach Kyle Ross is probably a heart attack waiting to happen, but uh, they finished six and four and four and three in the GRC. Really, towards the end of the season, they were right in the thick of it, but uh, lost a couple of games late. Um, he's replacing uh, seven seniors this year. Uh, they are still young this year, uh, but he's got a lot of playing time from a lot of the uh, youngsters. Uh, and so I think you know he's going to have a uh, some talent, but they're still going to be young. 
Yeah, that's exactly the case. And they've got maybe one of the most exciting young players in the conference in this Maverick Gentry kid that's going to be their quarterback again this year. And Coach Ross, he plays football in a phone book, you know, as well as I do. It's it's foot-to-foot yeah. splits, and we're just going to pound it. And that's why it, they kind of end up in those really, really close ball games. They're never going to get blown out because of that. He keeps telling me that they're going to let Gentry throw the ball a little bit. He keeps saying, he says they even listed some kids at wide receiver in the roster yeah. this year. Uh, we'll see if that's the case or not, because I don't well, know. I, I there was don't change their spot. Okay, yeah, so we got two. So there we go. Two, two, two of them is what I heard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's better than the zero they usually have. But, no, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they may throw the ball to keep you honest, but their bread and butter is the power run. And, honestly, they're going to yeah. use this Gentry kid uh, kind of in a, a Tebow-esque fashion, if you will, back in his early days. He's a running quarterback. He is such a gifted athlete. And, uh, you know, we don't talk about the big guys up front, and I don't necessarily have all their names right in front of me, but they got like four offensive linemen back from last year, if I remember right. And these are kids that when they get that experience, they're not necessarily always the biggest kids, but it's a system. It's that foot-to-foot split all we got to do is create a crack, create a little seal. They believe in this system. They chop the wood, as Coach likes to say. And, and if they can do that offensively and get Gentry just a little crack, he can take it to daylight. And then you turn around, and I think the D on this team should be a pretty strong thing early. They return a lot of the guys on that defensive side. They've got a lot of the, the skilled dudes. Some of them are a little younger, uh, but they're guys that have experience, and uh, they're, they're tough farm kids down there in Polo, and uh, they're not afraid to, to stick their head in there and, and go at it. And I think they kind of take Kyle Ross's mentality on, and you see that a lot of times, I think, in successful programs. Those kids kind of take on that mentality of their coach, and that's a great example. Polo's one of those, uh, the little train that could. Every year you're like, well, they replace too much. They don't have the numbers. They're not big enough, and then there they are at 5-3, and 6-2, and two, those type of records in the conference. So, yeah, I never bet against Kyle Ross, and I think this team could be pretty exciting even for, you know, the three-yard and the cloud of dust style. Yeah, so those four linemen that, that are returning, that's Aiden Siegel, Hunter Harris, Tyler Kobe or Cubby, and Wyatt Kelly. So, and then uh, Ty Claypool is also joining them on the line. He's a senior. Uh, he didn't play on the line last year, but he's uh, but he's also an experienced player too. So they've got a very experienced line that is going to line up uh, be, uh, in front of the quarterback Maverick Gentry. Um, the other thing I'll say about Kyle, Kyle Ross, um, if uh, if you ever want to. Uh, to hear uh, interviews with him and Chris, he's probably the one of the most interesting uh, interesting guys that you interview. I, I always enjoy uh, enjoy the coaches' interviews with him too. Uh, Kyle, Kyle is one of my favorite people out there. That guy, he is a straight shooter, and he has got more colloquialisms than anybody should be allowed to have. Yeah. You never know what he's going to say, but uh, he's a wildly entertaining right. guy, and he certainly knows football. Uh, he, he's certainly a joy to talk with every week. Right. So that kind of moves us into what I would call the next level of the GRC 11 man, uh, Milan at number three, uh, and then we'll go to Trenton and Gallatin next. Uh, I, I think that probably Milan and Trenton are, are maybe a notch below Gallatin this year. Um, Milan finished five and two in the conference last year, six and five overall. Uh, they uh, have a new coach this year. Uh, he's not new to the program. Uh, Mark Cole, Mark Cole, who is uh, in his third year at the school, but his first year taking over for, uh, I don't know if you would call him a legend at Milan, but he's been there a long time. John Dabney retired last year and, you know, many years at Milan after being at Knox County for a while. And so uh, he does have big shoes to fill there, but the good thing is he knows the program. uh, And so I don't think there's a lot of adjustments, although, you know, he is going to make some changes. It's not going to be exactly like uh, Coach Dabney. 
But um, they do have to replace uh, Derek DePorto. Uh, he was an all-state running back. Uh, they also have some other uh, big key players, especially uh, John Ray De La Cruz, uh, to replace the defensive back. But the good thing is they have um, another DePorto right behind uh, Derek uh, at running back in Darren DePorto. Um, and then they, they have some other athletes. Uh, I know one thing right now is, is, uh, is they really haven't made a decision on quarterback at the moment. Yeah, and Coach, even just a few days ago when I talked to him, still said uh, the Smith and the Nisie. I'm not sure how he pronounces his name, the young man. Nisie, yeah. Nisie, there you go. Um, They're still in a heck of a battle from what I understand, and he really kind of feels like he can go with either of those guys uh, if it comes to it. My money's on the Smith kid just from the experience, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a little bit of a rotation, and Nisie's going to get his chances in there. Uh, You mentioned the Darren DePorto, the other DePorto. uh, He's obviously the key at running back, but he's got a few others, the Cotto kid, uh, the Lopez kid. He's got a few others back there. Uh, Nisie may, in fact, carry the ball a little bit. He's pretty happy with the big fellas he has up front, and and I'm interested – uh, the defensive side, I believe he said something, nine out of the 11 starters are back, uh, if I remember right from uh, from my chat with him. And he's got some pretty good uh, pretty good guys up there. Obviously, the DePorto kid's one of those uh, smaller but fast uh, nose guards that really creates problems up front. Uh, he's got a couple other good pieces around him and Jacobs and Mosley, the seniors there. I like that linebacker core. Uh, you mentioned, obviously, Mark Cole. That's the story of new coach. He's taken over where Coach Dabney left off. It's not often when you come into a new uh, as a new coach that you're taking over an established program. Usually you're coming in and have to put out the right. fires, fix some things. That kind of, he, you know, John left that program in a really, really good spot. Uh, Coach Cole's coming in there. There's that familiarity. Um, I'm a, I'm a big Mark Cole fan. Everywhere he's been, he wins. Going back to his time at Gallatin when he got them to the Final Four, got Savannah within a, a fourth down of beating Webb City and getting to a state championship game. Everywhere he goes, he wins. Uh, I, I expect him to put together a pretty darn good team, especially – as they continue to get to know each other, as this season develops, those kids get more familiar with him and what he wants them to do, uh, the way he's going to call games and do things. Obviously, he got some help on that defensive side uh, as, he was, as he was talking to us with some some familiar uh, help. And uh, I, I think this Milan team really, I mean, yeah, they're in that group, like you said, Gallatin, then Trenton Milan are, are 2A and 2B. Um, if anybody's going to get some of those top seeds, it's a team like a Milan that comes in, has a fair amount of talent, has a good tradition, has an established coach that kind of knows things. Uh, I look for Milan to have a heck of a season this year. Yeah, I agree. And I'm one of my games of the week that I'm going to be at is Milan at Trenton. Uh, I can't remember the week, but it's towards the end of, of September. And so I think that's going to be a great game. And Trenton's our number two team. And Trenton last year, uh, they finished five and six. Uh, overall, they they played a tougher schedule, especially being in Class Two, while all the other teams were in Class One last year. They did finish four and three, but they were in the thick of the conference race until the final two weeks. Um, they are losing uh, Caleb Johnson, who was a key player on defense, but they return uh, a lot of their offensive line, and they return really key, three key players at skill positions: uh, quarterback, quarterback Coleman Griffin, uh, fullback uh, Sam Gibson, and wide receiver Tucker Otto. Um, you know, they, they are a team that really had struggled last few years but uh, played a lot of young players, and a lot of those young players are now experienced players. And so they're going to be one of the more experienced teams in the conference this year. And so I look for them to really be one of the stronger teams. 
Yeah, and, and you went to right to it, those skill guys, and I had that written on my notes right next to Trenton was the G- Griffin-Gibson combo in that backfield uh, for Coach Kevin Hickson. And uh, obviously uh, they're going to kind of be how those guys do. That's going to kind of be how Trenton does. Uh, obviously the guys up front kind of make them go, but it, it's going to be that combination that makes them go. Uh, I had a chance to spend some time this summer with Coach Kevin Hickson. Uh, folks may not know, uh, we got to go out to uh, San Diego in the United States Marine Corps basic training. We spent a week out there kind of learning some things from uh, the Marine Corps and how they make Marines and uh, talking with coach he was very excited to bring a lot of those uh, the team building for lack of a better term some of those skills and things they do to really enforce a combat unit he wanted to bring a lot of that stuff back to his summer camp and his practices so I'm very interested to see what coach Hickson's done over there uh, to kind of get that coach Hickson attitude I mean he's a he's a gruff old school kind of guy uh, he's a lot of fun but he is a, a kind of a no-nonsense uh, old school kind of guy I'm interested to see that attitude maybe if it's changed a little bit this year and if that maybe pushes Trenton over the top because I think this is one of the teams that can contend in this conference uh you got the Griffin Gibson kids they they're always strong in the trenches you bring back that little bit of Marine Corps attitude I think good things could be in front of the Bulldogs this year man you talked about Trenton Milan you talk about a good old-fashioned 15 round heavyweight bout that's going to be a knockdown drag out brawl right there yeah you don't see a lot of uh, teams in the in the GRC 11 man that that don't have knockout drag down brawls. Right. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely a conference that is uh, really between the trenches. Uh, with it's, a lot of it's these the teams. GRC Norris, as they would like to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so at the top is Gallatin Gallatin, as I said, they were unanimous from all the other coaches as the top pick. And, and it's obvious why they don't lose. They didn't really lose anyone. I mean, the, they're, they had very few losses. They've got uh, quarterback Peyton Baker returning. Uh, he threw for over 2,000 yards last year. He had 500 yards uh, rushing in a sophomore campaign. Uh, he's a really a talented dual threat quarterback. Uh, they have uh, uh, talented wide receivers and Isaac Bird and and tight end uh, Peyton Feeden uh, Feiden. Uh, and and they just have a lot of talent on on defense. Uh, Probably their biggest adjustment this year is going to be uh, Chris Holt coming in as a new coach, and he's going to be changing up the teams a little bit. Yeah, we said that with Mark Cole and Milan. You think that's a change? He at least was on staff. Coach Cole's coming in, and this is—I mean, I love Patrick Treese, and I enjoyed him as a coach and enjoyed what he did. But you could not ask for two polar opposite coaches in the way they do things, just their philosophies. Uh, coach Treese is more of a spread it out, kind of get things to the edges kind of guy. Coach Holt will get it to the edges, but he is in more the uh, the wing T and the single wing and the veer options and those types. So it's going to be—it's uh, got to be a bit of culture shock up there, especially for the guys up front. Uh, those are the guys that are going to go from you know pass blocking sets and things of that nature to now needing to pull and do all these uh, you know fake pulls and and uh, dummy pulls and things of that nature and moving from left to strongs and quicks and instead of lefts and rights and all that that'll probably be the uh, the part that really dictates how good Gallatin can be. They've got size and athleticism up there. It's just a completely night and day different system in what those kids are learning. And the faster those guys come along, the better Gallatin's going to be. Now I've talked to some other coaches that. Uh, 
that did uh, seven on sevens and camps and all that stuff with Gallatin, and they've assured me that those kids already have it. So we'll see um, if if they really do have it in the trenches. Because if they do, look out, this team's dangerous. You listed off all those skill players. You got a quarterback like, like the Baker kid back, and then you add in the birds. Uh, it sounds like his younger bird, uh, the younger bird, is going to be in there a bit as well. Uh, Coach said the fighting kid might even move into more like an H back kind of situation where he may get some handoffs and things like that. Where they'll bring him back on some of those uh, counter plays and things like that, and that's got to be scary because now you got to worry about him in the pass game and the run game, and then all the other running backs, the rights and the botchers, etc. This is a team that's just loaded. I mean, they got 19 upperclassmen, nine seniors, 10 juniors. We rattled off all those uh, all those uh, you know stud players that we know. Obviously, they're good in the trenches. All these kids still play defense too, and they're pretty good over there. And then you add in a guy like a Chris Holt. Talk about somebody that's won everywhere. How about Maryville? He was good at Princeton. He didn't necessarily win at Oak Park, but kind of got them turned back around in the right direction. And then comes to Lathrop and takes them to a state title game. I mean, this guy knows how to win. He's an Olympic-level uh, strength and conditioning type coach. Uh, there could be nothing but good things for this Gallatin team. They're number one uh, in the coaches' poll in the GRC for a reason. They're the team to beat. There are some things they got that they have question marks around, but uh, Coach Holt is one of the best to ever do it. He's got the, bird, the the dogs to do it up there in Gallatin, pardon the pun, when you start talking the Bakers, Birds, Fidens, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this has potential to be a really, really good Gallatin team and maybe get the GRC over that hump in the playoff. Haven't beat a KCI team in I don't even know how long. It's been a long time uh, since they've been able to get over that hump and get through the KCI. Once we get to the playoffs, this might be the team that can get it done. Yeah, I know they said that's their goal. Is it, I mean, obviously winning conference is a goal for them, I mean, and he stated that. But mm-hmm. beating a KCI team in the playoffs is a definite goal for them. And because, you know, G, GRC teams and 11-man, unfortunately, have not been able to get over that hump. Uh, they'll get a test in week two. Hamilton is going to Gallatin in week two. Uh, last year, they were 9-3, and three, and two of those losses were to Hamilton. And so, you know, that is something I'm sure is circled on, on Gallatin's schedule. And that is a game that I'm going to be at, uh, and I'm really looking forward to see if Gallatin is going to be able to uh, be able to uh, stay with Hamilton and beat them that week. So, so that's something, you know, if they, if they can uh, beat Hamilton, then I think that's something that uh, Gallatin should be able to uh, compete uh, in the districts. Yeah, that would be a huge feather for that cap. I, too, will be at that Gallatin-Hamilton game. I think we go there just about every year for that matchup between those old rivals. And remember that, uh, as you said, two of their three losses were to Hamilton last year. That second one was ugly. It was all Hamilton. So those kids, those seniors, those those stars – they're going to remember that. They, you know, those, just because they're not in the same conference anymore doesn't mean those kids aren't rivals. They play a lot of sports against and with each other through the summer and through the school years. Uh, they've, they've got that one circled on the calendar, I guarantee it. And they're going to want to come out. And, and that's one thing Coach Holt is great at, and no matter where he's been, is he identifies those rivals. And really, I think of it kind of like Marty Schottenheimer when he took over the Chiefs there in the late 80s into the early 90s. He made Raiders Week, Raiders Week again. Coach Holt's really right. good about doing that, getting those rivalry games to really mean something. And uh, I think uh, he'll definitely have those boys ready to go there. Week one for sure, but absolutely week two when you got that big rivalry game. Those kids are going to be ready to go. Well, Chris, I appreciate your time and appreciate your perspectives on 11-man and uh, look forward to uh, talking with you more throughout the season. Absolutely. Jeremy, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Anytime. Okay, thank you.